This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Greetings all. Hope you're well. I've got a conversation with Tony Foresta from the venerable Thrash Stalwarts Municipal Waste to share with you. This is an interesting chat, this one here, because I thought it was going to go awry even before things started, and you'll soon find out why. Before we get to the conversation, though, we've got to do a couple of things. First of all, the catalyst for the conversation is due to the launch of a new album by Nuclear Blast, by Municipal Waste on the Nuclear Blast label. It's titled Electrified Brain. It'll be out July 1, 2022. And to celebrate the album's release, we're going to hear a tune titled High Speed Steel. Once that has finished, we'll dive into the chat as usual. Let's go. I can hear Give you. Me three tough break. To clean this shit up. Oh my That's god, it. dude! Fuck. <laughs> oh, what a way to start! Literally, right when the fucking Zoom meeting started. Fuck. Oh shit! I've done that before. If that's uh, any consolation, so I feel your pain, brother. 
holy shit. One second. It's like pretty catastrophic. Oh, Jesus. Sorry, I'll take your time, mate. Seconds. That's all good, mate. No oh, worries. dude, it, it fell in the cup holder, and oh, it's like no. just a fucking little. <laughs> oh shit! You see, you see, you're in the car, so yeah. Oh Jesus! I... Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, man, that was crazy. Okay, all right. Oh god, yeah, that's not good, mate. Yeah, you're just at the beginning of a bit of a block of calls, <laughs> too, aren't you? What'd you say? You're at the beginning of a block of calls as well, aren't you? You've got to cut next few hours, I think, you're taken up with calls, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, shitload. It's all good. I'll just get some coffee after this one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, uh, what a way to start. Gosh, I don't think I've started. I've done almost 700 of these now. And I've never started that way. That's uh, that's interesting, so I'm going to hand it to you. <laughs> Could you hear me screaming? I don't know if you heard, got to hear me scream at the top of my lungs during that. I didn't hear the scream. I just heard. I just heard the very uh, understandable frustration with the situation. You know? Fucking wild, man! Wild. Well, yeah. Sorry, what sort of, uh, happened, well, just out of curiosity, what sort of car do you drive? I drive a Kia Soul. A Kia Soul. I did. I did. You can't get them anymore, can you? They don't make them. Sure, I see them everywhere. It's like they're kind of cheap cars, but like they're they're like good, but they're like cheap, you know. And you get them new, and uh, they had the commercials of like gerbil driving them like a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why I thought. Maybe I thought the gerbils were cute. That's why I bought one. I don't know. Well, it's a proven advertising <laughs> marketing strategy, you know, pairing uh, products with animals. It all works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Works yeah, for me. Works. <laughs> well look uh I'll, I'll kick things off so uh yeah it's a hell of an introduction i hope the car's okay and i hope, I hope you didn't get burnt too that's the other thing no it was, it was iced coffee it's just it's just my car's yeah. probably gonna smell weird no, <laughs> yeah no well might go to the detailer afterwards after the calls are done yeah yeah it's cool, it's cool. yeah well, look, let, let's talk about album number seven for you, if I'm not mistaken. That's uh, Electrified Brain, so lucky number seven. Maybe maybe not so lucky number seven after the spilled coffee, but you know, <laughs> uh, uh, Electrified Brain, um, look, I, I believe it contains the essence of what makes the band great, which is mosh-worthy, grooving thrash riffs that Scott Ian would probably try to steal if he could, uh, paired with your thrash metal Sergeant Slaughter vocal. Uh, what do you think? Have I given your music a worthy descriptor, particularly for, for this album here? I've never heard my vocals compared to Sergeant Slaughter, but as a wrestling fan, I, I take that as a compliment for sure. <laughs> I actually yeah, well, met him a couple of years ago. <laughs> that's cool. I, I, I actually think you guys and, and wrestling would be a good partnership. Has, has, that ever, has that ever come up after your fourth or fifth beer with Ryan and the rest of the guys? Um, I mean, we, I worked for WWE like a year ago, like, oh. like I spent most of the time in the, uh, during the pandemic 
I, I worked in the uh, Thunderdome for WWE. So I was actually like in the bubble with the wrestlers, which is pretty crazy. Like, um, I, like the Royal Rumble two yeah. years ago that was in the, in the Thunderdome, I was like the only spectator at it because I was off work. <laughs> oh gosh! Okay. Um, but yeah, me and Phil are big wrestling fans. Um, and then I, yeah, I got the job with WWE a few years ago. Um, and then yeah, of course, once they went back on tour, I quit because they can't. I can't tour with a band and then tour with WWE at the same time. <laughs> mm. I chose to do do my own shit, you know. Yeah. What were you doing with them? Like, what what job did you, were you doing for them? I started in the working in the catering, basically like dishwashing, and then then I kind of um, kind of moved up the ladder, and eventually was like doing uh, doing um, like runner stuff. By the time it was over, I was I had a van and was like doing like helping like stock the dressing rooms and and uh, get the food for the wrestlers and get all the shit for the dressing rooms. Um, yeah, it was cool. I had a fucking credit card and a, a WWE credit card or like a um, Sam's Club card and a Costco card and <laughs> had, a, nice. had a van. It was, it was really fun. I helped set up WrestleMania. It, um, WrestleMania wait, I live in St. Petersburg, Florida, which is where the Thunderdome was for mm-hmm. uh, maybe a year. And, uh, they, and then they had the WrestleMania in Tampa. So we split up the cruise and I went and did did the WrestleMania um, set up and that was like three weeks in Tampa and that was really awesome too so after Wrestlemania is, is when they were um, is, no that's not true wait was it I can't remember <laughs> I ended up working in Tampa too I, stay, I stayed with them when they left and moved to Thunderdome and I, I, w- I went with them and then after that I, start, I stopped working because I fucked my knee up I needed to get surgery and I had to start getting ready to play shows again did they know who you are? I mean, there would have been a lot of crossover there, a lot, a lot of people who follow wrestling and metal fans as well. Uh, Rhea Ripley, we hung out, um, like, um, we met, like, we talked a couple times. We didn't really hang out. We went, we went to, like, an NXT thing um, backstage and hung out for a little bit. But um, I worked with some of the NXT people too, but... Um, Shauna Baszler knew my bands, which I thought was funny. Um, MVP knew who I was. And uh, who else? There's a couple others that uh, actually knew of Municipal Waste. Uh, Alistair Black, but he wasn't, um, he went, I think he went to AEW. He wasn't there. And like, I knew Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt was an Iron Reagan fan, Um, but he wasn't. He didn't. Re- he only wrestled WrestleMania when he was at WrestleMania. He was like looking for me, but I was fucking running around like a madman. But, um, but yeah, no, I didn't. Not a lot of them were like big thrash metal fans or knew. I also had to wear a mask the whole time, so nobody like recognized mm. me or anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that back then. Yeah, yeah. Well, it does hint at the fact that there there could potentially now that you've had some exposure to that part of the world that there could be some crossover for you in that your music could. Uh, well, we're could doing make... a we're doing a t- we're doing a t shirt, um, a t shirt with um, House of Black or Alistair Black's company. Mm. 
I might, I didn't know why I'm saying Alistair Black, but it's yeah, with, with those guys. <laughs> so, um, but that, that should be coming out real soon too. So that's a little yeah. bit of wrestling crossover yeah. right there. There you go. Gosh, that was a, that was a, I'm fucking, it's Black Mass is the clothing line. Black Mass. Okay. Is, yeah. I think which, is Tom, yeah. which is Tommy, who was Alistair Black. That's, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I spilled my coffee, so I'm. <laughs> oh, it's understandable, brother. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, this conversation will take it wherever you want it to go, you know. But, uh, but I will say, I will say that on electrified brain, uh, yeah, you just keep bringing the riffs. I mentioned it up top about you know the the, the riffs that Scott Ian would try to steal, and I mean that. I mean this is, uh, I mean some of these riffs could have come uh, from State of Euphoria. Uh, in so far as they're just catchy as shit, but they're fast too at the same time. But they don't lose any of their groove. So, so do you and how does it work? Do you and Ryan do you workshop the riffs because you guys have just got this knack going? Um, it's really like everybody, man. It's so weird. There's shit that that I, I pulled out of the trash can that that wasn't even supposed to be on there, and I was like, that riff too fucking catchy we got to use it and we like would rework it into songs um phil also um writes a lot of riffs nick our guitar player on this record contributed a lot um it's really everybody's kind of throwing shit in there and uh Mm. seeing what works we like to stick with the format of like throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks and uh a lot of it usually does because we have a good ear for that stuff. But um, yeah, we definitely like to mix it up as far as writers go. I mean, shit, dude, I was even having our drummer help write lyrics for this record, which he's never done before. Mm. But um, yeah, like Ryan wrote lyrics for a couple of songs. I mean, we have everyone contribute on every aspect of the band, you know, it's like having like, there's, there is, you know, the problem of having too many cooks in the kitchen, but in this case, and we were actually just talking about this, where we kind of all figured out what we excel at because we've been a band for so long and we know when to step up and to contribute and when to just kind of sit back and let somebody else do their part, you know, and, and we've, we've been around each other long enough to where we know um, where each person um, has their strongest attributes. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you trust each other. Yeah, and it's, I mean, that's definitely a, a thing that comes from being in a van and a bus around each other for 22 years, you know? <laughs> How do you resolve conflict if it ever comes up? Uh, sometimes we slam each other up against the van or uh, make fun of each other. <laughs> Uh, sometimes we just uh, patiently email about it. <laughs> Text roasting is also another uh, fun way of <laughs> working out problems. <laughs> but no, I mean, we're we're pretty le- uh, level-headed for the most part. It depends on how much booze we're drinking. <laughs> Do you, do you go through periods of absence on, on the road because you have to? You just find it keeps things a bit more calm and stable? Uh, for what, drinking? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it keeps things calm and stable, but uh keeps things interesting for sure. 
<laughs> uh, it definitely helps the time go by, which sadly I think um, sometimes you dig into that a little too much. When you miss being home, you kind of get drunk a little bit too often yeah. because you're like away from, from where you want to be. And that's sad, but sometimes that happens, but not, not often. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, what's the, what's the strangest or weirdest thing that you've, you've seen on tour? Because I imagine you've got some stories to tell on that front. Um, that's, that's a pretty common question, um, that we get asked and I'm going to be perfectly honest with you that we get asked that question so much that we, we make up shit and and (laughs) lie, lie to people to interview us because we, we like, yeah. We'll, we'll, uh, are kind of just sick of answering that question, but I will say, I'm not trying to be offensive to you, but I do mm, sure. actually, um, and I, I do have a crazy fucking story to tell you because it just happened to us like three days ago. Um, we played mm. in many, uh, four or five days ago. Anyway, we played in Minneapolis. We just finished a tour with integrity and we saw a fucking bear get hit by the car in front of us literally a gigantic fucking bear and it got the car sort of slammed on the brake so it didn't like run it over or kill it it just agitated it right so like it fucking smacks this fucking bear and everyone in our we're in a van and we're all like holy fuck like we all saw it we're like oh my god so the interstate traffic's just fucking stopped and we're about five feet away from this very agitated fucking bear that's, that it just kind of looked up down on the ground and just kind of went, ah, I made this crazy moan. And it was really sad. And I was like almost being stupid, you know, and it was like, oh, let's get out and see if it's okay. Oh my gosh. And it was like, yeah. it was kind of like laying there. And then I was like, everyone stay in the fucking van. And it, it, it kind of moaned. And then it got up and walked or walked away kind of fast. And we we're like, oh, it's okay. It just got bumped really hard. But um, yeah. I've never been that close to something so large and scary that could kill me in a second that was that agitated. It was also really fucking sad. And the bear was beautiful. It was a beautiful bear. Um, but it was just, it was like hot out and dirt and flying. It was just fucking weird. Um, but honestly, that was one of the craziest things I've seen on the road in a really long time. Was it a, I, I'm not familiar well, enough with the different types of bears, but I know there's black and brown bears in North America. So I, was a, I think it was a black bear. I think it was a black bear, but it was a very large one. Yeah, well, apparently they're not as violent as the brown bears, so you might have had a chance if you'd gotten out of the car. Well, I wasn't going to take that one. You <laughs> can take that one. Uh. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't have done it either. Don't worry. It's it's, it's like uh, your your, bra- your your bears are our snakes in terms of you just don't mess with them. You know, you just leave them buddy be. Dude, it was like, uh, oh man, I almost got bit by a snake the other day too. <laughs> I, I, y'all live in Australia though, so you fucking you probably have bigger problems than that. Nice bloody snake! They've bitten my cat before. The bloody things, yeah, they're, they're pretty normal. It's uh, you just got to be really careful where you step when you get off the beaten track around here. That's all. But uh, t- tell me about your snake story. What happened there? Oh uh, I, well, I live in Florida, and I was like taking a shower at a pool, 
and the knob was like on the close to the ground Ugh. and I didn't realize, but there was like a, there, under the deck was like a snake hole and it was, it was like a full, it was like fully out and it was getting ready to go back in the hole, but right where the hand knob was, was literally where the hole, it was like three inches from the fucking snake hole. It's hard to explain. I can show you a picture of it or whatever. I can send you a picture of it, but, um. Yeah, so I stuck my fucking hand there And the snake is startled Just like I am And my hand is like Inches away from its mouth And it just kind of looked at me like What the fuck are you doing here? And we both were like (laughs) Jumped down the hole and I fucking fell back But um, yeah, I got that shit I got I'm not used to Virginia, they're not as uh, Like prevalent As they are here they're everywhere in Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it made sounds like you've been in the wars in the last few weeks. I mean, the coffee spilled, brown bears, brown bears almost attacking your bloody snakes. It's all been it's going just on. wild, man. I got you. Got to be on edge. You got to keep your head on a swivel <laughs> when you're Tony Ferrasa. <laughs> you do, mate. Yeah. Hey, here's a question. I, I hope you don't get too often, but uh, I feel as though there's some misconceptions about the band and uh, meaning that. I don't know who it was who I spoke to, but I, I brought you guys up and they, they mentioned that you weren't a serious band. And I can't remember who the hell it was now. It wasn't someone prominent. It was a like a local musician. And I said, what do, what do you mean? You know, I mean, these guys have been doing it for 25 years or something. I mean, they're, they're, they're doing it. They're making a career. And uh, in terms of uh, thrash metal and relatable thrash metal with, uh, with, with, some, with some energy, you know, with some character, you guys are the king of the hills. So what what do you think the misconception about, the biggest misconception about the band is out there? Oh, but there's a lot of people that take themselves way too seriously. And they also like, maybe like, you know, (laughs) get into metal. And if it's not black metal or like dark, then it's not serious. And I mean, it's another thing too, where, um, if you have a sense of humor with your music, um, you don't get taken as seriously. We, me and Phil between uh, Iron Reagan and Municipal Ace, before the pandemic, over eight years, we played over 200 fucking shows around the world mm. a year, not <laughs> 200 shows a fucking year. We worked mm. our fucking ass off. Um, we take our riffs seriously. We take our music seriously. We take our songwriting seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously. And that's the sad thing. A lot of people that are into like metal, they take themselves a little too seriously and they think they're the shit. And uh, sometimes you just got to like chill a little bit and uh, enjoy yourself and enjoy music and uh, stop worrying about everybody. (laughs) So I don't know. It's just... uh, it's, it bums me out because I see other bands that have like a sense of humor that that don't get taken too seriously, and, and um, mm. I get it, um, you know. But I, every band doesn't need to fucking sing about doom and gloom all the fucking time. It's almost trendy now to be like that, and uh, I just think we've always just I've never really followed any of that shit and just did did what we like to do and have been ourselves and we've been pretty transparent about who we are. Uh, We like to have a good time. 
And uh, I feel like that's more real than any of this like facade of gloom and doom that people try to put on to be to be a serious musician. If that makes yeah. sense. I agree. Yeah. No, I think you're authentic. I think that's what it is, and I think that comes across in the band's music. Uh, it, it, the the riffs. I mean, this also too working with uh, uh, Arthur Risk as well. He doesn't fuck around. Uh, so if you were a right. fuck around band, he certainly wouldn't work with you. Right. And, you know, most of those people that say shit like that, they eventually come around. <laughs> people will be like, oh, man, I used to hate you guys because they don't get it. You know, if you see a band smiling in their photos, you kind of get pissed off about it. <laughs> and I don't know why. That's just like the hater in, 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 in this scene a little bit. And that's kind of a bummer. But, uh, yeah, hopefully one day we'll shed all that cool guy bullshit and just kind of look out for each other and try to support it all. Mm-hmm. Agreed, yeah. Well, look, I'll let you get back to cleaning up the coffee there, mate. <laughs> Thanks so much for the conversation. Uh, all the best with everything. I'd love to see you down here soon. Yeah, man, it, so- it sounds like you really dig the record, and I really I really appreciate that because we worked our ass off on it. And uh, I think especially our friends down under, I think they'll dig it. It's a, it's a summer fucking rager, so... Hopefully, uh, by the time summer comes to you guys, it'll, it'll be getting, getting ready. Oh, I hope so. I hope to see you down here in summer, to your point. Yeah, that'd be great, especially, uh, you know, I don't, we don't really have too many festivals these days, but, uh, you know, you guys are a festival band, so if ever, if there's an opportunity for you to come down on that front, you'd really give it that kick in the ass that a lot of festivals need. Oh, we'd love that. That's, uh, that would sound like a lot of fun. <laughs> Fantastic, mate. All right, well, best of luck with everything, and thanks for the chat. Hell yeah, man. Cheers. Have a good one. You too. Catch up. I thought Tony recovered remarkably well at the beginning of that chat there, given so much coffee had spilt throughout his Kia soul. I can tell you now, it is one of my real phobias, dropping a full cup of liquid in the car. I've got kids, you see, as many of you longtime listeners will know, I regale tales from the life of my family occasionally, and one of them is that... I have this this real thing with them around liquid in the car because kids and liquid, they don't mix at all. Believe me, I've got a nephew who runs around the house here with Rabina. You guys in Europe and North America have Rabina. It probably comes from North America, but anyway, he tears around the house with a cup full of Rabina and inevitably, from time to time, spills the bloody shit. Yeah, that bright red maroon coloured stuff. Anyway, so yeah. Kudos to Tony for figuring things out there and realising that the show must go on. If you like that chat, there are many more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. Follow the links as well in the banner. If you'd like to read my book, Scars and Guitars, Tales from the World of Heavy Metal and Beyond. If you do buy the book, well, you can try before you buy from a marketplace, but if you do complete the purchase, please do hit me up because I want to thank you personally and And here I am. I'm going to hand over to myself to tell you a little bit more about the book. If you're curious, until next time, have a great one. This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all... I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought 
I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the the fans and the staying power of the the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms it, yes. Playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, I, just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldina. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was, he was very, you know, very open-minded, and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five, and Manson gave me that name, and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book. <laughs>